And once again, welcome back to L.I. in the A.M. with Jay Oliver. I am Tom Shalero sitting in for Jay Oliver. L.I. News Radio time is 8, 12 a.m. Great little segment coming up. I'll tell you, big doings here on Long Island coming up for the November 29th day. And we're going to be talking to so very important, the, the uh, issue of education in our schools and so on. And I have the expert with me, uh, world-class educator, founder of Child Behavior Consulting, Inc., LLC. I have Lisa Navarro with me, and uh, Lisa's got a great event coming up on the 29th. I want to be talking about that. And then we have Assemblyman Doug Smith will be calling in. Uh, as you know, Doug Smith, Assemblyman Smith, is a member of the Education Committee. How important is education on Long Island? Let me tell you something, folks. It's very important. Many people call on my show. As you know, I'm Tom Shalero. I'm on during the midday uh, hour, LI, uh, uh, and on LI News Radio. And that we talk a lot about education and people talking about best ways to pay for our schools, best ways to maximize our schools, and so on. And this is what we're doing right here. So let me introduce Lisa Navarra, the founder of Child Behavior Consulting and at the same time uh, one of the uh, greater educators. I'm going to call you a great educator. Are you a great educator, Lisa Navarra? That's all in my, the eyes of my students and those I'm with. I uh, work with Tom. But, you, you know, you do so much. Uh, I noticed that some of the programs that you're putting together on professional development, mm -hmm. uh, all of that, and uh, many people, we, we dismiss that, but teachers are constantly learning. They're learning from other teachers, uh, so-called educators, professional educators, and so on. But even before we get into that conversation, um, this is kind of the first of its kind. It will be at the Brookhaven Town Hall. Uh, we all know that people that live in the town of Brookhaven have know it's a beautiful, beautiful facility. It's relatively new, and uh, that's where the town board meets. But you're going to be up there on the dais uh, with some uh, expert educators talking about something I think that's important to everybody. So give us a, an overall view on November 29th, what's going to be happening. Absolutely, and I really hope that everyone who is invested in either children and or schools and the future of our children really attend on November 29th from 7 to 9, like you said, Brookhaven Town Hall, Doug, um, Assemblyman Doug Smith and myself have been able to really arrange an absolutely stellar panel. And that panel consists of superintendent, assistant superintendent, principal, myself as the moderator, and then we have mental health professionals. And what the reason why we're integrating education with mental health professionals is because our children need to be instructed in a different way now. They need their social emotional learning needs met as well as the ability to learn how to self-regulate, how to manage their thoughts, feelings, and actions. So that way they are able to then really acquire and remember the information that's being taught to them academically in the classroom. And once children meet with success in the classroom, whether it be academically, socially, <coughs> behaviorally, they feel successful. When children feel successful in school, what happens? There's a decrease from mental health needs because what might have been a behavior to turn into then an emotional struggle is no longer there because now they have a stronger sense of self. And so that's what the meaning of this panel is gonna, going to be about. You know, when, um, when we think about our schools, and you know, there's so much in the news today that we, 
You know, it's it's beyond just the educational aspect. We we there's a lot of problems in the school, and there's a lot of problems with the children. I should say, particularly in the younger grades, that we don't recognize uh, the symptoms there, the problems there. So, something that you've been really dedicating a good part of your professional career to. Yes. You know, with child behavior uh, consulting. Um, I, not that I want to get into the uh, criminal justice aspect to it, but uh, so many uh, so many of these p these heinous acts that are being committed in our schools. It all started with uh, the elementary level, the school level. It started with school counselors not being able to recognize what they need to be. Uh, something like this of what uh, you're going to accomplish or hope to accomplish with Assemblyman Doug Smith, uh, where does it fit into a recognition of what could be future problems down the road, but possibly uh, recognizing it at an early stage where the help can be obtained? Well, that's the difference, like you're saying, and, and you and I have spoken about this on your show and how there are warning signs that just weren't um, either recognized or no one really knew what to do with. Well, this panel recognizes the difficulties that educators are having meeting the needs of students and the difficulties students and children are having meeting their own needs. So now we are looking to build a system. So this no longer has to happen. So we can work proactively and systematically with children so that way they can build those cognitive skills in how to learn. How do I focus? That's a big, big mm. problem these days. It's, it's not even, okay, let me make sure my students are on grade level. That used to be the main major priority for the majority. Now it's, is the majority of my students able to focus? And the majority are struggling with being able to start a task and finish it, to think positively, have confidence in their abilities, and also have the ability to remember what's being taught. So now together, we are going to address this issue and we are going to really look for a paradigm shift in how to learn as the primary foundation of education you know it, it seems like uh, t to me uh there were in my past life i, w I was a teacher and it, it just seemed uh, that it was kind of simpler then. You you, st you you pretty much stay to your syllabus and so on. And albeit I was on the high school level, but I, and I think those early years, those elementary years, are so important. But I don't think we paid much attention to that years ago. So th there has been an evolution in education, uh, in your field, be it special education, uh, be it uh, to deal with uh, individual problems that children are having. Um, d is there a genesis to this thing? Where, where I mean, uh, this is a, a tough tough question to to probably answer but where did it all begin where did we start to have a realization you know i always talk about the third decade of the 21st century where we are right now it certainly didn't exist in the 1950s and 60s okay so uh, where would you point to uh, a beginning point where we had a realization that we've got to move more beyond how's the kid learning the alphabet how are they learning the the numbers or anything like that you know, today we're in such a different world. You've got little toddlers walking around with tablets and, 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 and playing with computers and things like that, too. But on the other hand, when does it all begin in terms of recognizing that there's more severe problems out there, be it maybe it was autism or uh, ADHD or, or any of that? So to start from even the beginning of my career back in the late 90s, I saw what I see now, but now what's happening is what already existed in terms of deficits is now becoming 
so paramount within schools and homes, it's undeniable. And I believe what happened was it just kept getting worse and a little bit worse and a little bit worse. But now we had the pandemic. And we have younger children, we have preschool children where they lacked the exposure. They um, cognitively weren't able to develop. They are physically not always able to even control their bodies. They had the increase of device and technology and less exploration to build those skills that allow us to plan, organize, learn. So now we're coming in and these little youngsters are, there are lost so many of them are struggling to control themselves, even to be able to follow one step or two step directions. They have speech delays more so than ever. And I'm not talking about children who are only classified or diagnosed with a medical condition um, or a learning disability. I'm talking about all children mm -hmm. because of the pandemic. Everything that's already kind of was out there has been exasperated. And now people can't deny it. So even a lot of the work that I've been doing now has been remarkable. It's been uh, even in gen ed classes. And the teachers at this point are really so wonderful and so open to learning new information and new strategies and techniques to be able to help what's in front of them because now the minority is no longer those students who have difficulty focusing and making good choices. That's their majority. So they know they need to learn new techniques and strategies to be able to provide that foundation so stu students can start to learn again. So really, it was the explosion and the aftermath of the pandemic, I believe, hmm. that really said we, we, this is undeniable. So that recent, it was, it was kind of like a recent event that, that sparked this uh, because, I, I, again, uh, we'll, we'll be talking quite a bit about November 29th and how important that's going to be. In fact, this is an open invitation to anybody listening to this program right now. Mark Please down come. that calendar. Yes. Uh, we'll have all. We'll have parents there. We'll have uh, homeowners there. We'll have uh, teachers there, professional uh, professionals in the field. So it, it's that important uh, to finally raise all these issues. But uh, the pandemic is almost seen as a check mark as where we need to focus more, or did a lot of this uh, started to uh, uh, ferment before then? Well, that's just it. It was always there. It hmm. just got worse, okay. and we just can't deny it anymore. And in addition to that invitation for everyone to attend with us, if you belong to CHAD, if you belong to Attitude, any kind of organization that educates or advocates for children with and without disabilities come and join us this is the place for you yeah yeah you know um uh, as you're speaking we're getting some text messages and, and stuff um, from from people that are listening right now and uh, i i don't want to go back to ozzy and harriet and and and, and those days or father knows best where uh, it was uh, june cleaver she was uh, beaver cleaver's mom she would have the apron on she'd be home the kids would get home from school uh parenting it has changed. It's not. It's not. It's not that image of what we saw in the fifties and sixties. You wonder if the change in parenting has spawned the particular feel that you have that the kids today are more complex. Uh, parents are different now. Uh, are, is poor parenting skills causing this? You know, th there are so many demographics to this whole thing. Y you wonder where it came from. It is different now. Kids are different now. 
They're highly complex now. But parenting skills, you wonder if they're still the same or they're just bad now. Well, I wouldn't say exactly that they're bad, Tom. I would say that some parents um, are challenged and charged with children who they're not quite sure how to address their okay. needs. <laughs> so they're just bad now. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Um, and I'm going to say, too. And I don't mean that, folks. I don't mean that again. <laughs> um, also, with the pandemic, you know, parents really struggled. Yeah. Lots of parents struggled. And now, like I said, even if you have a preschool child who lacked the exposure, now they're going to preschool, acting out, hitting kids, running around, engaging and daging in dangerous behavior. But again, behavior. Uh, you know, how is that put on you, Lisa Navarra, as opposed to, doesn't that start at the home? But again, uh, I understand the, the stresses that parents feel. I mean, they're going under a tremendous amount of stress given the complex society in which we live. You know, but now does it have to be put to the teachers? Does it have to be put to the Lisa Navarro? It depends because uh, it depends how equipped the teachers are to manage these types of behaviors. And um, finding that we, we need some more professional learning. They're open, they're willing, they want to learn, but we really need to learn how to teach what's called self-regulation. How do you manage your thoughts, how you feel, and what you do with it? And because of a lot of that lack of exposure, children are having difficulty doing that. And now... You know, we're back into the workforce, and parents are finally, you know, hopefully working on a regular basis. Who knows what, what happened uh, during that pandemic. So now that stress is really on them to get yeah. to work and not be called from school to say, come back, get your child. They're hurting other children. So it's a very um, fine balance, and so that's where a lot of training uh, comes I in. I think a lot of people might point to when it, there was a realization that the American economy did not support the uh, one earner family where uh, mom and dad had to go out and, and start to, to work uh, to maintain a standard of living. And now you had the, the phrase. Remember the phrase, I'm sure you do, the latchkey kid? Is that sure. phrase still used? Yeah. I don't even know. I don't know if it's used, but I mean, I know it. <laughs> yeah, so the, the latchkey kid was, in other words, when the child comes home from school, the latchkey is that they have the key to get into the house because mom and dad are not there. And uh, the traditional family had the, uh, the mom there, uh, but she can't be there anymore because she's working. Um, and then again, uh, they would point towards ADHD and autism and so on. Is that uh, a product of an environmental hazard that may be in our environment that's causing a lot more of that, or we just didn't recognize it? I think right now, big picture, it's everything. Mm -hmm. um, even with, even with uh, high school, right? Before pandemic, 32% of students with combined type of ADHD, so the hyperactive and inattentive, dropped out of high school. Now what we're seeing even from Gen Ed is they don't have basic fundamental even math skills. And what happens is we have certain standards. Those standards, those educational curriculum standards have not changed, but they had interrupted education for years because of the pandemic. They are naturally delayed and put back. And we need to now close that achievement gap and we also need to adjust some of those standards with what's more appropriate now. Yeah. And it's not just for the United States. Obviously, it was a world pandemic. So this is a discussion that everybody should, in education should be having. And yet on the other, the other side, uh, I've seen these type of meetings again, what, what you folks, you and Assemblyman Doug Smith are going to accomplish on the 29th. I think it's a finally uh, airing of a lot of different multifaceted angles of, of the topic. And uh, what I have found, that parents are interested, that the moms and dads 
of, of the younger children are, are, are concerned. It's, I, I don't want to give the impression that, that today uh, in our modern times, in our highly tech times, that we don't care about this, that we do care about it. And the parents, I think to a large extent, may not have the same uh, uh, technological or intellectual equipment uh, to deal with problems. So they do rely on child behavior consulting. Uh, they do rely on our schools and our special education teachers and so on and i think that's that's the positive aspect to all of this and yes. uh that you know that's something that i like to see more more expanded at uh, least absolutely and you know that's the really special part is i believe that a lot of individuals administration from uh, building level to a central level as well as all educators um and when i say educators i mean really anybody working with children i really do uh they're feeling inspired now because they realize that these children need help. And so now they are welcoming. So when I do my author visits and I go into classrooms, I'm reading Henry's stories and I'm reading them to children who are now stopping me when they see me. Oh, oh, Miss Navarra, it worked. I'm like, well, what worked? <laughs> and they're like, I, I was thinking I couldn't do this and I did it. I changed my thoughts. I thought positively. Or when I'm walking down the hall with and I see kids that I have um, pushed in before. And I said, okay, what do you do? How, focus and launch. What happens if you, can, if you have trouble and you get stuck? You know, because our kids are getting stuck. And they're saying, breathe, think positive. And they're coming up now. And they're not really coming up because they've been taught. But now they're identifying with strategies that are practical and that are working. So they're talking about it with each other. And the teachers are reinforcing it. So now we started in Ember, hopefully to ignite a, a fire that's going to spread throughout New York with the help of the panel. And once again, LI News Radio Time, 8.41 a.m. LA in the a.m. I'm Tom Chalero sitting in for the great Jay Oliver as we take you up to the 9 o'clock hour on this wonderful, wonderful Veterans Day. We are talking to Lisa Navarra, founder and uh, CEO of Child Behavior Consulting, also an educator, talking about November 29th. It's coming up, folks, in about 18 days. There's going to be a great event. You're all invited. It's going to be over at the Brookhaven Town Hall. We'll be putting information out about that. Uh, just uh, absolutely incredible uh, about uh, what's going on in our schools, having to do with uh, children, mental health issues, and so on. So it is uh, essentially uh, an important date and an important day uh, to remember and so on. But let's get right back to, to Lisa. Just a, a quick review. Um, you have a blue ribbon panel set up, and uh, you, you may want to go through some of the names and what, what, what each of their contributions will be. Yes, absolutely. Well, we have a lineup that is surely not to be missed. We have school administrators, We've got mental health professionals, and within them, we have Dr. Palmer from Merrick School System. He is a superintendent. We have Dr. Foyer. She is um, the associate person in, with, associated with Northwell Health and mental health in schools. Dr. Orly Calderon, who is the director of clinical at LIU, and she's also a researcher. We have Rhonda Young. She is the Assistant Superintendent of Special Services in the Brentwood School District. We have Dr. Gloria Jackson. She is 
the principal of an elementary school in Brentwood, as well as Kim Clark, and she is the assistant superintendent for preschool-age children. Additionally, we have Dr. Joe Volpe. He has clinical experience um, and owns his business for East End Psychological Services, as well as a school psychologist. And the list continues. We have a, an absolute amazing group of individuals who really have contributed their time, knowledge, and experience for everyone to really understand how important it is for educators to understand the psychology of education and for mental health providers to understand how the educational world needs to incorporate those cognitive skills in how to learn. And we are starting a complete paradigm shift in education with no longer an emphasis of just what to learn, but it's going to be about how to learn. Well, you know, again, uh, I, I, I've done some research and something like this has really never been done. Now, again, this is being done under the offices of Assemblyman uh, Doug Smith. Uh, Assemblyman Smith is part of the Education Committee. So the whole idea is uh, to put information out there, key information about the, the mental health training in our schools and so on. And, um, you know, parents are, are invited to this and so on. What do you expect from the general public? I know this is, the, we're breaking new ground here. Uh, these type of advisory committees and these type of committees are so important uh, to doing all of this. Um, I, I know it's, a again, another tough question. I guess a lot of tough questions. Uh, parents, what, what would one expect from them in, in, in attending something like this? Well, we hope to have more than one panel discussion. Mm. It's just not enough time because, you know, November yeah. 29th, 7 to 9, we are going to be asking and answering questions um, from 7 to 8.30. Then 8.30 to 9, we have question and answers. So I think that's going to be a bit of a learning curve. And so with that, I, I'm hoping that people start to really understand what this paradigm shift is about. But I believe that people are going to be coming to us with concerns that are very relatable to what we will be discussing and proposing during that time. So I believe that parent questions as well as educator questions and people who are part of organizations to support children that and families and schools have the questions of what's our next step? How do we support this movement? What do we need to do to get cognitive skills training into schools so that way we can support children to overcome challenges within themselves mm. so that way they can learn academically and establish long-lasting relationships both in school and at home. You think the young children have a tough time these days? I mean, there's just so much pressure put upon them. To, to me, I find it amazing. Uh, certainly, they're, they're computer skills. They're, they're holding these tablets. I know that I always... Uh, 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 to me, if I have a computer problem, I just ask an eight-year-old. I mean, they, they always have the answers to that. But there's also, there, there could be a downside to all of this, the, uh, the added stresses of advanced education, of new learning techniques. Uh, all of that sometimes leads to, you know, kids having a tough, tough problem, the rivalry between kids and so on. And, and I'm not even talking about the middle schools or the high schools. I'm talking about the young children, you know, in the early years. You know, you, I think that's something that... Uh, we should consider as, as a product of the times when we talk about these subjects? Absolutely. Because, <laughs> okay, so there was a little first grader, and um, he has a lot of anxiety. Mm. He does not want to get mm. to class, and he has a wish. And his wish is, 
that he wants to play video games. And school is, you know, not a place that he wants to be and he's very adamant, actually refuses to go to class. And that's what has happened with some children is they got very comfortable being home. They got very comfortable having unstructured time. But now when you need to go to a building, you need to attend, you need to pay attention and assimilate to what's going on, whether it's difficult academically or not, it may not be something of preference. And if it's not, well, why should I have to do it? So now that social anxiety of I don't feel comfortable and I don't want to be here is really impeding a lot of the progress within the schools for these children. Yeah, so, you know, again, it's something, something to consider. Um, the uh, Again, the Blue Ribbon Panel, uh, I'm trying to envision what this is going to be like. Uh, there'll be there'll be actually some members of the state legislature there, and it's not just uh, uh, Assemblyman Doug Smith. I know Assemblywoman Jody Giglio will be there. There's also a couple of other uh, members of the assembly will be there. I think uh, one or two members of the state senate. Very interested in what's going on, and that I can tell you. Um, is there, you know, again, when you ever have when you have legislators attending these sort of things, it, it is an advisory committee. It is part of what Doug Smith does with the Education Committee for the New York State Assembly, and that's not, and that's the Education Committee having to do with secondary education and primary education and so on. Um, is there legislation that is needed again, or is it just so that they can consider for future legislation, or is there something that uh, the state government can do? Now, the state is responsible for education; that's their primary uh, expenditure in our state budget. Um, can you can you foresee or see something where the state can help in terms of what the resources that are needed? Absolutely. It needs to be added cognitive skills training. Now, that sounds all fancy, but you know what that means? That means children need to explicitly learn, formally learn, how to think positively, how to perceive things in various ways, how to engage within the learning environment. That's what it means. So we need... It written that it is important uh, to provide professional learning experiences for all, including parents, educators, and children within the curriculum of what we teach children. I believe it no longer is only academics. It needs to be how they're going to get and how they're going to acquire that academic skill. What cognitive skill are they going to use to acquire that academic skill? That's where we are now. Mm. That's, so yes, we need policy change. Yes. We need legislation. We need funding. We need awareness. And we need everybody coming out to support this paradigm shift to help children close that achievement gap that's going to make them feel successful because they are special and they deserve to feel that way. You know, uh, uh, I, I like the phrase professional development because, see, teaching, teaching is an inexact science. Uh, it, it's constantly evolving, and uh, uh, something that you've been involved in is professional development. You spend a lot of time, in fact, doing that in terms of the research and the actual authorship of professional development programs and so on. Yes. Um, is that something that would be touted on this November 29th meeting? Is, uh, or will, will we be talking about that? Yes. Or, or your experience? Uh, yes, Lisa? yes. And we're going to talk about what is trauma. What is this self-regulation thing, right? How does it 
how, why is it needed? What does it look like when children aren't able to control themselves in school? How is it impacting their academic performance, their social relationships? Okay, so now we've got the found, foundation of it. What do we need to do? And then we've got the how. We've got the why, we've got the how, and now we need the when, and the when is now. Are, are teachers, uh, this is, a, again, a generic question, but teachers, are they, um, is, is there a, a, a high interest in, in learning new? I mean, to me, it would be difficult not to learn new techniques and, and measurements and so on. And again, I've seen some of the work that you've done. It's, it's quite incredible. And again, I, this is coming from a fellow educator back in a previous life. And um, do you think they're open-minded to that? Or it's still, you know, a, a tough, a tough uh, field to go to the majority are open to it of course listen you're, you're gonna get people who nope I'm good I'm okay mm. and show a little yeah. resistance yeah. until they see what's around them that it's working but <coughs> the others are really you know what they we're sitting in meetings and there are teachers crying I don't know what to do because my students are so far behind where do I start what do I teach them? Where do I begin? What is expected of me when the state tests come down and they're not ready for it? Will that fall on me? Because they're coming in one, two, three years behind. So it's a very emotional caring that educators have for wanting to do the right thing but not having the clarity to be able to say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This gives the clarity. This says you provide instruction in how to learn. Now your students are going to understand and remember and be able to apply what you're teaching them. And that way you can feel confident you're doing your very best because you'll see the progress in your students. This is the answer. Yeah. Now, November 29th, again, is going to be uh, uh, I think quite almost renaissance because it's going to cover, I believe, a lot of topics, and that's why we'll be talking about it here on this radio program and also uh, on, on my midday program. Um, school districts, how do they get involved, particularly when it comes to professional development? Now, I know that a lot of school districts will be contacted. The teachers' organizations will be contacted about the 29th. Uh, how do um, professional development, it almost seems like it has to come from the administration, and, uh, and I don't want to use the phrase spoon-fed, but at least made available. You know, it has to be, um, for for this to really be a change, it ha these types of interventions and strategies need to be seen as part of tier one interventions. That's universal. Universal interventions for everyone. And when it's seen that way by central administration, then they can advocate for this type of training, this cognitive training, to their principals. Then their principals can even learn through sitting in on a couple of professional learning mm. opportunities, or like I said, these author visits, it's really like a professional learning for the educator because it's being these strategies are being modeled to the children, so they can use it, and the teachers being involved immediately, hands on, right away. So there's so many different approaches to it, but bottom line is, this is a tier one intervention that's universal for everyone. So if it's seen that way, it's like, oh, okay, I see where this fits now. And I see the need. Let's go. You know, we're about to wrap up. 
the date again, the time again, the location again. Once again, I'm speaking with Lisa Navarra, educator, uh, owner, and founder of Child Behavior Consulting. Lisa, date, time, and when? November 29th, 7 to 9, Brookhaven Town Hall. November 29th, 7 to 9. We want you there. We want your input, your support. Help kids be the best that they can be by attending and taking action with us.